the Age of Plastic podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Fox. This is an environmental podcast that says, oh, climate change, but also, what can we do about it? As always, if you haven't already, I would absolutely love it if you could like, rate, view, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you happen to be listening right now. Also, if you fancy following us on the podcast socials or my personal socials, you can find them all at iamandreafox.co.uk or check the show notes. You can also send me your environmental hacks there as well through the little email form at the bottom of the page. And we've got an environmental hack, as always, on the way at the end of today's episode. So stay tuned after today's interview. And today's topic is seriously pants. Period. We're talking about period pants. Wooka's creator Ruby Rout is my guest today. She's an environmental scientist. She's worked for the Red Cross. She is the winner of many awards like Migrant Business of the Year for Female Entrepreneur and the founder of the first reusable, comfortable, vegan period pants called Wooka. So in this interview, find out not only what materials her eco-period pants are made from, but also how damaging our traditional period options are. And also what supermarkets are like in her native Nepal. Spoiler warning, you won't find much plastic. So let's find out what WUKA, W-U-K-A, actually stands for. WUKA stands for wake up, kick ass. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think um, when we were setting up this interview, someone pointed that out like on an email and I was like, I love that. And I love on Instagram as well. You sort of like every week you're posting up your kick ass women. Yes, yes. So we, we are doing a campaign, like evergreen campaign called What Makes You WUKA? So what makes you wake up kick ass every morning, you know, and we are asking like badass women to (laughs) or we talk about badass women who absolutely admire um, to say why, why they are amazing kind of thing. And I think every time. So, for example, yesterday I was seeing uh, a mum do a cartwheel kind of thing in front of like there were like tons of kids around. And then as soon as she finished the cartwheel, there were like four girls trying to do the same thing. Cute. So, so in a way, what we want to do is we want to set an example mm. from a woman so that more girls, more women get inspired by what we do and then follow our footstep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, so I, I was like, so I was just sitting and sipping orange juice. And then I looked over there and then after she did it, I was like, everybody following that, you know, we have to be that we have to be an example for many girls to inspire. And yeah. yeah. And what makes you Wuka is one of those campaign, you know, like, what makes you wake up kick ass? Yeah, and you woke up, you kicked ass and you started this company. I did. So yes. can we go back to the start? Yes. Um, because you were kind of shocked by the pollution and waste that occurs because of like traditional period mm-hmm. um, products like tampons and pads. So can you give us some kind of stats on the kind of plastic pollution around that? So in the UK, 4.6 million tampons, pads are flushed every day. Every day. That's slightly cringing, isn't That's it? That's crazy. Yeah. And, and this we is shouldn't like, be flushing anything, no, right? No, And this is just a flush, right? There's oh, more gosh. that's going to landfill in the bins kind of thing. So huge, huge amount of, of this menstrual product going to landfill. Um, 90% of them contains plastic. So, so if we are talking about pads, 90% of the pads is made out of plastic. Yeah. And I suppose pads, I was like, that I can see. Because yeah. you know it comes wrapped in plastic and you know like having used them in the past you know there's got to be some plastic in there but tampons I'd be quite surprised to learn there was plastic in well more and more the tampons are like coming in plastic applicator what is the point in those I know know. guys it used to be cardboard before and now everybody's like moved up to plastic so I think initially tampax started 
uh, to make it easy for to push it inside the vagina kind I of have thing. to say like yeah. come on guys it's or not. girls I know we've got fingers yes wash hands. <laughs> exactly are we that freaked out by our own bodies that's kind of what I think this the whole plastic applicator kind of flags to me that I'm and I find that really sad but then you are using your hand to take it out yeah, right at yeah. the end so it's just more uh, waste isn't exactly, it exactly exactly and then the contain most of them contains like uh, rayon and cotton mix in the pulp and rayon is again a form of kind of plastic yeah like a um, nylon or a viscous exactly or a exactly yeah. yeah and then they again take hundreds of years to degrade and also they they turn into microplastic they break down wow. and especially if we're flushing it and it's yes. ending up in the water, water system. system yeah it's coming back to us so when one did, way or the other yeah so when did you have the idea for your period pants so I was working after my graduation in environmental science. Congratulations, by the way. I've only got humanities. I feel like (laughs) a science is much, much harder. I always (laughs) wanted to go science. Well, initially I started with science and law, like environmental science and law kind of thing, becoming an environmental lawyer. Um, When the law book turned up, I was like, that's it. We can't do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was like nine, ten massive books, right? We'll skip the law bit. Yeah, (laughs) just do the environmental. I'm fortunate to join uh, Open University as well. It's very hard work, Mm. but so worth it. So worth it. Um, And um, I was working in like three, four different charities. And all of them were, were involved in like working in women's health and environment. So I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. And we were having a chat at Women's Environmental Network charity, um, where I was helping at that time, talking about periods. And then I told them like what I used and this and that kind of thing. So I used rags, like my mum's old cotton sari. Because you grew up in Nepal, I so did, yes. there was a much more eco-friendly kind of version. Because there were no products there. Yeah. So so basically these are like a very thin sheets of cotton and then you fold it and make it into like a pad kind of thing and put it in your underwear and wear it. Super eco-friendly, but uncomfortable because yeah. they move a lot. And especially like growing up in Nepal, you don't know your underwear size. And still my sister don't know their underwear size. Really? How funny is that, right? <laughs> so whenever I send them on the underwear, like the walk of hands, then I ask them, so what size are you? It's like... I don't know, small, medium, something like that. I was like, well, it doesn't work that way. You need to give me dimensions, right? <laughs> so they used to be loose. And then sometimes when you do sports and stuff, they used to fall out. So I was sharing. So embarrassing, yeah. especially when you're a little kid. I know. And then this is not just my story. Million, well, so many girls' stories, the same thing. And we used to have those incidents of like, while playing the volleyball, the pads dropping down kind of thing. And that's it, like sports it is the end for you you know you just wouldn't play no, I think, no. if that was me and uh, I was talking the same story to to some of the ladies and they told me that actually we have done a, a previous campaign on plastic free product with women's environmental network and that was 20 years ago whoa yeah and I was like so why are we not doing again yeah um, where's the development been exactly in those 20 years? Um, so I said like okay you know what I'll run a pilot project for you, I'll go to school and I'll see what girls think about the reusable menstrual product. And then if this goes successful, then I think you should take this on forward, you know, like tackling the huge amount of waste going to landfill. Basically, my main aim was that. And um, I came here um, to St. Albans and I spoke to one of the secondary school and they said, like, yeah, why not? Come, come and have a talk kind of thing. So we ended up having sixth form girls, nearly 40 of them. Only one knew about reusable menstrual product. 
Wow. And while I was talking to them about what I used, um, and then there were a few Asian girls, and they said, like, yeah, my mom said that she used that too, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So the story resonates. And while I was talking to them about... So sometimes I used to, like, pin the pad. Oh, okay, yeah, so underwear. it wouldn't move. So that makes sense. Move, kind of thing. Or but also them. you've got a safety pin quite yes. close to yes. <laughs> some delicate areas. And then, and then many times it used to come off. And oh, no prick you kind of thing it's so <laughs> horrible thing then you develop a new technique how to pin it as well <laughs> and and while I was talking to them then I had this eureka moment like okay so if I pin the pad then why can't stitch the pad in the underwear kind of thing and it'll be just part of the underwear and basically you don't have to worry about anything wash the underwear like you normal normally do so I came home and I was like okay I gotta find all the absorbent fabric in the world, kind of thing, <laughs> to see how much they absorb. Will they feel wet? Uh, you know, and such a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had to do that test, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in my room with my husband, my stepson, and then we have got this like different types of pads, right? And then we got spoon, and he's doing the water testing kind of thing, like <laughs> what absorbs most. Mm. I mean, I'm impressed. Like those pads look the conventional pads yeah. with the plastic kind of thing they do hold a lot but then when you open it up on the back there's like this gel kind of substance mm. I was like wow and and apparently that's the one takes like forever to degrade kind of thing as well mm. so yeah that's where I started and I was like okay gotta do market research find out if there is a need for the product like this uh, within 24 hours I got more than 700 response from women wow to say that 70% of them not being satisfied with what they are using. There were 70, 80% who said that their product constantly fails. That means they have leaks and this. Um, and everybody said, like, we would love to have a, like a black granny pants kind of thing. So I was like, okay, black is the color. <laughs> we just have to figure out the comfy underwear. Yes. You know, I have... don't think your uh, pants are granny pants. No, but... <laughs> they're not. They're not. But, but comfortable. I think, yes, that's the thing. I think it's more comfortable rather than anything. Else. So my main mission was like, how can I make it as comfortable as possible? And and because the subject is very close to my heart and um, so I always wanted, like, if I ever created a brand, I wanted to shout. And that's why we put the band and the logo around it to say that next time when you're on your period, be proud, you know, show it off kind of thing. That's so true because yeah. it does, like, where you would expect to maybe see a Calvin Klein or whatever. But, yeah, why should you Why should you hide away? Why should you not be able to do sport? Exactly. And why should your period create more towards plastic pollution? And it's a conversation starter as well, you know. If you if you see your friend wearing a wuka, then it's like, oh, okay, so you're in your period kind of thing. And then you start having that conversation. It's it's just opening up that, making the noise. There are many times when we don't talk about our health, then we don't know what's going on, right? So the more you speak about it, the more endometriosis or PCOS get easily diagnosed. Yeah. And then many girls suffer through that not knowing what to do. Totally, yeah. And it just shouldn't be something that's stigmatised at all. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so you, I think, were you, did you pitch to Sainsbury's and get some funding right at the start to set up the company? So that was for my different project. Oh, was it? So, <laughs> super passionate environmentalist, right? And I uh, I said like, okay, I got to do something in the environment sector. I, I dedicated my two years hard work and uh, studying environmental science through Open University. Um, so I was like, okay, I got to do something about it. Um, and I created this curriculum called Food Waste Ninjas. 
So what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to school and teach the kids value of the food, the the health perspective, the economic perspective, the uh, environmental perspective. Now, if if the food was food waste was a country, you know, it would be like the third country most polluting the environment. Whoa, wow. it's 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 more than the air pollution. Really? Yeah, because the food uh, once it goes to landfill starts creating methane gas, and that is twenty five times stronger than carbon dioxide, and basically that's one of the main reasons for the global warming. Mm. So so this problem was like very close to my heart. So I was like, okay, I want next generation to know about this so what's the best place to go at school so i ended up getting yes about 30k fund from sainsbury's my first big project wow that's amazing <laughs> yeah well done. yeah um and then we went to i think 13 schools altogether, teaching more than five six thousand kids about yeah. food waste and then they go home and tell their parents exactly. yeah and yeah and the teachers yeah yeah it's amazing. yeah we got recognized by our local mayor and we got an environmental champion of the year award everybody loves the local mayor yeah i was gonna say because that's not the only award you've had no no we've got quite a few now i need a new shelves <laughs> you're laughing because just before we started recording you were talking about going to downing street was it yes yes so, yeah so, so uh, so this year we got uh, a migrant business of the year for female entrepreneur. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, just a week ago we got uh, inspiring business of the year award. Um, that was absolutely so amazing. Like honestly, like to sit in front of like 130, 140 business who've been going for like five, six years, and we are in just a year and a half in. And to be known as inspiring business, that was just like incredible. That's amazing. It just yeah. shows how much you've done in a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pays off, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's quite a personal thing for women, isn't it, when it comes to periods? Because I definitely used um, tampons and pads in the past, but I prefer a moon cup. But there's definitely times where the moon cup is just not going to fly no. at festivals. It's just not possible to use it so I think like your pants would be perfect for that kind of environment once you've done your scientific testing at home did you do lots of testing on real women as well yes we did so so I'm such a gorilla person like like going and hustler what you call it yes yes <laughs> so we found uh, this manufacturing company the last one standing in the UK who made lingerie um, and then we went to Wales and made some prototypes about 30, 35 pairs. And then I came home and I said, like, in my local Facebook group, who would like to come and try pants in my house? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. It's not an Anne Summers party. No. It's not a Tupperware party, but there are pants. pants. Yeah, exactly. So I have this random 20 women knocking the door, right? Never met before, coming to try underwear. And they go naked in front of me, put it on the <laughs> underwear, and doing the sizing. And, and it was just incredible, but so supportive. So they went back with a pair each. And then after a month or two months, I asked them, like, so can you give me the feedback? So then they started, like, the whole door was open kind of thing. Like, when they wore it, like, we had few people who were doing, like, a day delivery job kind of thing. So they just wore one pair of pants and they were, like, working all the way from 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And the underwear is perfectly fine. Wow. Those kind of like super inspiring, so local people like who normally wear on the day to day kind of life. Uh, we had uh, a girl with Down syndrome who was really skeptical about going to school, um, and she came with like an overwhelming like response kind of thing. 
We even managed to give one transgender in America. Oh. Yeah. I don't know whether you know or not. He's called, he's known as Tony the Tampon. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that. He's I'm got so this little aware. tampon and the googly eyes and he shows that around everywhere in the public, which is brilliant, you know, like just start the conversation again. Oh. And... Um, so we we got loads of feedback in terms of color because at the time we did only blue with okay. black kind of thing. So in terms of color, fit, and all this kind of thing. So, and then when we went to Wales, obviously it's so expensive to make underwear here and for us to sell. So uh, we managed to find an amazing manufacturer in China, and, and they have been absolutely supportive since the day one to me. Um, but just found out that the Wales business shut down this year. So sad, you know. Sad. Yeah. Um it's hard to manufacture things in the UK. Like we were saying, we were just looking at we were talking about clothes before we started recording and even this recording equipment is made in China. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Uh it's 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 a hard choice I think you have to make. Um but they did make a great quality and they have been upgrading the fabric since every time I asked for them because we initially started with regular modal fabric. Mm-hmm. Now we've got lensing micromodal. So the difference so, between... I, what? <laughs> so, so for the non-scientists di- at the back, what's yes. that? <laughs> so I, for me, the material was like the key thing, mm-hmm. uh, fabric that I used. So there's this company called Tensol and um, they make these uh, fabrics from eucalyptus tree and beech tree. Wow. All of these trees are forest, certis- forest certified and they don't use any kind of pesticide. These trees also don't compete with crops. Yes. So so they have their own kind of thing. So most of these fabrics, are the trees are grown in Austria. And then this guy called Lensing, something Lensing, he developed this process uh, of making the fabric in a closed loop section, like section kind of thing. So all the chemical that's used to make the pulp and then the fabric are reused again and again. 95.5%. Wow. So the fabric is still very new and very, like, very cool, very, uh, like, I think model is nearly three, four times softer than cotton. So Wow. So we I were going... a lot about bamboo being used yes, quite a bit at the yes. moment. So bamboo this is, is a new... fast growing as well yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Um, so this is, like, a different kind of... And I, I was really into it. So I said, like, okay, my manufacturer, like, yes, we do modal, but I want to get that certification, that that accreditation, the fact that I know where the, my fabric comes from yes. and that it's better for the environment, better yeah. for health. It's so definitely. hard as well to yes. do that, but so important. Yeah, and every time now these days we make the underwear, we have to make the custom fabric. So we only make, like, for example, if we want to make... 10,000 underwear then we make only fabric enough for 10,000 underwear so wow. there is no any extra bits so like a print to order type yes, thing exactly yeah. so we go that way so there's no excess fabric left to for a wastage or anything like that uh, yeah it's one of those things that you have to put everything de- in detail <laughs> to to be more sustainable yeah no that's, possible. that's, uh, yeah. that's amazing um so I just want to quickly go back to obviously you grew up in Nepal and uh you've got this amazing scientist degree we were talking about um about it again just before we started recording but i feel a bit uncomfortable when the uk tries to tell other countries how about plastic waste so what's your experience of that having lived further afield than i have so this is one of the story that i keep on saying to many people when i was growing up right we never i never had anything from bottle uh, I mean, the plastic bottle. Mm. So we never had ketchup. We never had mayonnaise. I ne- the first time I ever had ketchup and mayonnaise was when I came here when I was 20 years old. 
I'm so sorry it wasn't anything more exciting. <laughs> like, or, or canned beans or anything. Like, mm. everything was fresh. Mm. And I remember we used to take uh, a jute bag for shopping. And then the shopping su- supermarket was, well, it's not a supermarket, but the market, farmer's yeah. market kind of thing, was aligned in a way that the onion and potatoes were in the first as you go into the market. And the tomatoes were at the end. Great. So, yeah, thing. they're not getting hot in your bag. Yes, exactly. So, as you are going through the shopping, you're buying the hard things that doesn't get squished at the beginning and then going to the end. And nothing used to come in plastic. Mm. Nothing, right? Um, I find it quite shocking when developed country put a finger on developing countries because I think, in a way, growing up in Nepal, I find it that I lived a very sustainable life compared to here. You go to supermarket here, like, I think handful items are plastic-free. Everything else is covered in plastic. You go to those cleaning aisles and stand over there, right? My God, it just, like, everything is covered in plastic. There are amazing brands out there now who do non-plastic kind of thing. Yeah. So one of the one of the brands I like is the Who Gives a Crap? Yes, we've got Toilet those. Roll. Yes, yeah. we've got those. <laughs> They're brilliant. Why are they not putting in the supermarket shelf? They should yeah. just put it in a cardboard box and say, like, who gives a crap? And exactly. Then, you know? Like a pr- price up a per roll type thing. I've yeah. actually only ever seen um, who gives a crap in a stop in a store in a a refill store yes Um, zero waste shops yeah which I've been trying to go to but yeah you're so right I think we've become so detached from where our food comes from in this country that's why we've got a plastic problem and we've got a food waste problem as well oh yes yes absolutely that's another big topic to talk about Mm. Um, yeah so as I was telling you earlier I went to the House of Parliament for one of the I think campaign or project that Plastic Ocean you know the movie Yes, um, so, yeah. yeah. The, Joe Ruxton, who is the director. Yes, of the she was well, so, first guest on this podcast, actually. She's really? brilliant, Joe. I've seen yes. her speak before. Yeah, she's I know, amazing. It's amazing. Mm. Um, and, uh, well, I was invited by my local MP to come and see the talk and stuff, where I met my lo- my hero. Yes, we'll save that for the end of the podcast. Yes. We'll get on to your environmental hero. And then while I was there, we were supposed to discuss about the plastic pollution here in the UK, but everything started getting diverted to plastic pollution in Africa and in Kenya and how are they going to support this and that I was like hang on a second have we not seen the the amount of plastic that we use in this country we have this habit of like use and throw out of your sight out of your mind kind of thing you know and not realizing okay we need to solve something there are many things that we can do circular economy you know getting back into the system I think I think that this is something that we have to think about it and move on that way rather than sending our stuff to the developing yes, country. Yes, exactly, sending it away. And yeah. like, like I was saying, I think it was a possibly like the female president in Tanzania who banned plastic bags literally years ago yeah. before we did. Like, it's ridiculous that we should dictate to other countries. I think if we could sort our own country out and we found ways, then yeah, share those, those processes. And, yes, exactly, um, and to the other countries. Mm. Um, Germany's, I think, leading a good example in terms of that. Yeah, bottle um, back, buyback schemes yeah. and things like that. They've yeah. had for a long time. Yeah, I think there was, um, I recently saw in the news, I don't know which car company, they started doing like uh, putting those buyback thing by the beaches and said like, if you 
um, take the bottle back, then they get parking free or something. Oh wow! In that area, that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to cl- get beaches cleaned Clean. up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, so you actually joined in with the uh, kind of plastic ocean campaign, didn't you? You've got a little poster yes. that you've uh, that you're promoting. So tell us about that. So while I while I was in the House of Parliament, I just Joe. drop that in. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, and. Um, I met Jo and then she goes like, this is a brilliant idea. You should definitely get in touch. Um, and then I wrote to her and she introduced me to Natasha, uh, who runs the campaign. And we said like, we really would love to do something for the World Ocean Day. Um, can we partner together? And then she goes like, yeah, that'll be brilliant. So she started sending me all the stats that they have recently found out from the Plastic River. And I said like, okay, we'll create something around it. And then we'll 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 take this as a mega like announcement kind of thing about like how we can tackle the unflushables. Yes. Um, and uh, basically we, we partnered with Venus Libido. She's an amazing artist. And she created this amazing poster of the ocean wave, which I'll show you later. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and bas- what we are trying to do at the moment is trying to reach out every school, every house, every business, every restaurant and asking them to put behind the back of the toilet so that anybody who uses the toilet will see the sheer amount of plastic that goes to that gets flushed down the toilet and the options that are available you know we have to talk about problem solution in action what what people can do to make that difference so we've got menstrual cup we've got cloth pads we've got period pants so various options in the poster as well so people have that choice yeah. and that's what we are all about we are all about choice when you told me that about the moon cup earlier mm. Many times uh, we've got customers who wear the cup and the underwear together because saying it, nothing is 100% leak-proof. So cups sometimes do leak. Yeah. And then if you have that backup going, that they're perfect together. Or coming towards the end of the period where you don't want to wear a cup, then you can just wear the underwear and yeah, totally. just walk around. You know? It is about choice, isn't it? And I know so many people who, when I say, oh, I've got a moon cup, they're like, mm, not for me, but yeah. period pants yeah. might be completely for Exactly, them. exactly. And I think it's so true that, I think it's really helpful as well, because once you have that knowledge, like... Yeah. You can't miss it on the back of a toilet door. No, <laughs> no, because you're sitting there for at least two, two, two yeah. one to two minutes, you know, and then <laughs> don't know what to do. So you just look up and then just exactly. gaze on it. We'll look up from your phone, probably. No, yeah. no, don't take your phone to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's brilliant. We're going to, I'll share that as well um, on uh, our social media and um, try and get that out there as well. But is okay. there anywhere people can go, especially to try and get it if they want to print it out and have yeah. it in their workplace? So if they go to our website, wuka.co.uk, there is a a page called Plastic Oceans and you can just go there and download the poster and you can print it out at your home. Or if you want to send us an email, then we can post it through your letterbox as well. Nice, old school. Yes, yes. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, So we always ask um, all of our guests for their favourite plastic item, which I've started. I'm sticking with it, even though everyone finds it really difficult. Yes. Because plastic is a good product. We're just using it in single-use ways, which it was never really intended for. So what's your favourite plastic item, Ruby? Gosh, I know everyone says that. I was thinking Might have about to drop the, this question. I, I was thinking of the non-plastic item. What's your like favorite prepared. non-plastic item? I, I have a bamboo cutlery, and they're my favorite. It's I... on my desk as well. <laughs> I'll show you later. And it's wrapped in a little fabric bag. Thinking about it, like I use so much. Yeah, yeah. You know that like, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Laptop, I would say. 
I think laptop is probably the only thing I can... Possibly these microphones are the only things I couldn't do without that must yeah. contain plastic. This, yeah. We're looking at yeah, the microphones now like, yeah, maybe this cable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you need to get something sturdy and that lasts forever kind of thing as well. It's all about, I think, conscious consuming, I guess, isn't it? Like, okay, buy only things that you really need kind of thing. So this is something that I have started doing myself is like whenever I go shopping and stuff. I think I only buy once or twice in a year and that's it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, clothes, shoes, that's anything, really you know? And yeah. then I go like, do I really need it? Mm. Kind of thing. And then if my like head says like, no, I can survive without it. So I can survive without it, you know? Yeah. Um, trying to be minimalistic as possible and getting only the nicest things, but yes. less. Yes, I completely, yeah. completely subscribe to that. That's yeah. really good. Um, and finally, we've been teasing it. Yes. Your environmental hero. <gasps> <laughs> so I was so lucky to meet David Attenborough. And <laughs> uh, the Houses of Parliament uh, for that plastic ocean. And then he gave a massive lecture over there. I was like, oh my God, this is like my best day in life. Honestly, like. He's amazing. He's amazing. The speeches and things I see him doing, I'm like, I. <sighs> I just don't know how he manages to do it at that age. He's still got so much energy and passion. He's such a... I think the the biggest thing is, like, he's such a great storyteller. Mm. You know, like, everything that he says has got some kind of moral values and story that that can be passed to generation and generation. In fact, part of the Open University environmental science is, like, I think nearly 25% you have to study about David Attenborough's old video. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? That's so cool. And and you've got a degree that's in David Attenborough. I know. <laughs> when I met him and I told him about it, like I studied so much about <gasps> what he did and all of your episodes on different because he talks about the geology, the animalist perspective, everything, you know. Yeah. Um so and it was just incredible. Managed to take a photo but anti-light. Oh no. Yeah. Maybe again someday. Soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You'll get a yeah. good photo with him. Exactly. A good selfie next time. Yeah. The brilliant Ruby Rout, founder of Wooker Period Pants. I know we've had David Attenborough before, but that's a great story. Now, if you do fancy popping the Plastic Oceans period poster up on your workplace toilets, I know we missed World Oceans Day, but remember, oceans are for life, not just for Christmas. Wooka.co.uk slash plastic oceans is where you can head to download for your office bogs, loos, and lavies. And you can pick up Wooka pants and the rest of the line too at wooka.co.uk. Massive thanks to Ruby and her team. I have got some pants to try. I'll let you know how they go down in about 21 days. Check the socials for more on that. Now, um, this podcast is all about kind of the overwhelm around climate change and plastic pollution, spreading a bit of education and knowledge to help ourselves feel a bit better and try and do what we can. Uh, This has been quite a tough week for my family, hence the podcast is a little bit late. And this is an environmental tip I've been saving up for my sister-in-law, and it is pants. If your underwear drawer is overflowing and you don't want to throw them away and add to our plastic and fashion waste, smalls for all, take pants that are brand new and bras in good condition that you don't need, and they make sure that people in need here in the UK and in Africa can get hold of them. I will link to smalls for all in the show notes but just head to smallsforall.org. Also, if anything I say on this podcast makes you stressed out, please, I want you to know that is never the intention. You are doing everything you need to just by caring and listening to this podcast. And for that, I thank you. Keep going, you're doing great.
Next time on The Age of Plastic, how can we save the planet with our energy bills? Find out what it takes to make renewable energy, what carbon neutral gas is, and how much of an issue greenwashing is in the energy industry with Good Energy CEO Juliet Davenport. Until next time, I'm off to wake up and kick ass. Thank you.